Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hey, this is J.N. Fiend. Hey, look, I got to give a quick shout out to Kevin Bobby. Look, I went, I went a little little hard uh, on Twitter. His name is at KBobLife. I, uh, you know, I was throwing teams under the bus. Same old Cleveland. Same old Jets. Slipped up and said same old Washington. And somehow, someway, they won. Um, he came at me. I felt the need to apologize. So there's your apology, Kev. There you go, son. Um, I hope you're happy being one of 15. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Shit, joined by... Jeremy J.N. Phoenix. Yes, I'm in the building as well. We are here to do pop culture. Hit you with that pop, 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 pop. raspy voice, kids, in case you didn't know. We're ready to go do you another show. This time we're talking about kids just a little bit. Uh, talking about how we treat these kids in situations i have two children jeremy has none but i find it fun to make sure that they don't win nothing when we play any game i make sure they don't win nothing if it's up to me the problem ain't is- no per- hey look ain't no participation trophies we ain't raising soft kids and everybody getting a handout you want to win win we ain't taking it easy but the difference exactly. is we ain't talking about taking it easy you talk about cheating cheating <laughs> listen thing is the thing i learned is they're getting too good at certain things like i can't beat them at mario kart anymore i can beat the younger i can beat my daughter but i can't beat my son i just can't no matter what version of mario kart we're playing no matter what game we're playing i can't do it but when things are in my control like let's say oh i don't know monopoly you better believe i'm the banker and those kids have no idea what hit them so None. funny so fun. They have to grow into that. Everybody has to learn a hard lesson in life. And they will. And hopefully you school them so when they start playing with their friends, if they're still playing board games by that time, they know you got to call a banker. Let anybody be the boot, the hat, the thimble, whatever the else they want to be. You want to win a Monopoly? Everybody knows you got to be the banker. Got to be the banker because I always have money. Somehow I always have just enough money. Just enough. <laughs> The key to the key to cheating is you can't be greedy. You can't be overly greedy. Some people get overly greedy. They want to have piles of money. Then some, people start asking questions. Where did that come from? Yep. But and you know what? You know what? And I don't even call it cheating. I call it preparing your kids for life. Because hey, look, life's not fair. <laughs> life is not fair. And the truth is, you can't trust nobody. The closest to you will do you wrong. Amen. No, you can't trust nobody in this life. Yep. But see, I I tweeted that. I tweeted that out and I posted it on Facebook. And I got a lot of comments about it. 
And what, well, one of the things that you just said is what David Clark said. David Clark said it's better to learn the world isn't fair from you than from somebody else. Tiffany Chanel Harrison, shout out to the Harrisons. Tiffany says humility starts at home. <laughs> Be humble or get humbled. Sierra, her sister, said life lessons. 100%. Somebody asked me if I had any shame, and I told them I have no shame. I feel like I I feel like it's good for them to know who the alpha is, okay? Who the alpha is. I'm the alpha. They need to know that. I have no they need shame. to learn. They need to know. They need to know and recognize and always recognize. Then listen to what one person said. Play fair. No cheating. Skill. When they finally beat you, they will feel good about the win. Not because they beat you, but because they are smart enough to know they earned it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Ask, <laughs> ask Astros how they feel about that, okay? Yeah. Ask Bill Belichick how he feels. That's right. You know? Ask every look, billionaire look, alive. And you look, you're preparing them for life. To this day, you talk about little kids. I'm talking about right now. You go golfing. You better have the scorecard. You better keep everybody shot. Because yep. I'm going to tell you right now, you think people being honest out there, they got another thing coming. It's like Bobby Hill says uh, to his dad when, when asked, or maybe, he's, I don't remember if he said it to his dad or if he said it to Buck Trickling. He's like, I use my old trusty hand wedge. That's too funny. (laughs) Use my old trusty trusty hand hand wedge. I never, I never heard that, but that's great. We all know a few players who have used the hand wedge multiple times. I'm telling you, man. (laughs) I'm telling you, you got to pay attention. These streets ain't for games, son. Nope. Got to learn lessons. Yep. And I'm out here doling them out every chance I get. Let me just say, another thing I've learned is if you're a child, never take it easy on your parents. And what do I mean? Brandon, do you know the last time I played my father in basketball? I know exactly the story. I was like 14, I believe. Quick as lightning. Too old to be losing. I could have crossed him over 30,000 times. But I took it easy because I kind of felt bad for him. After we were done playing, I did not expect him to say, that's the last time we playing. And then, look, boom, I'm just out. Can never play him again. He he left being the winner. When we when when I didn't have the heart to tell him, you know I was taking it easy on you, right? No, That's when I learned. Dad, dad said he'll play us right until, he, until we can almost beat him, then he'll never play us again. Yes, and it was too late. I just took it easy on him. I felt sorry for him. So in all things, like when NCAA comes out and I'm playing the video game and uh, back in the day, you used to be like, oh, well, let me be a team, you know, compatible, comparable to whoever is playing with. Let me get a compa- comparable team. Nope, not anymore because people don't care about that. They care about bragging rights. So I learned early on, no, I'm going to be the best team on the game with all the 99s everywhere. And you can complain about how I pick the best team, but you know what you're not going to do? You're not going to point my face that you beat me. Nope. And you're not going to tell people. Bragging, That's especially right. now that we have social media, talking about how you did what to who. It's learning lessons, and that's what you're doing. So, hey, look, hi, people want to say that's cheating. Do you feel bad? Brother, I'm here to tell you hats off to you, brother. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You ain't got no kids, but you know what it feel like, so I appreciate that. Right? And just let them know, I'm going to stop a mud hole through them. They have a step to me in games. Here's the thing that's funny. Layla, I'm calling you out, Layla. <laughs> I'm telling you, by the way. The funny thing is, there's a cheaters edition of Monopoly where you're allowed to cheat, and so they're always telling me about that—the cheaters edition where you're the allowed cheat- to cheat. 
with yeah. no awareness at all that I'm straight cheating them the whole time. And they the don't listen thing- to this podcast, so this is their fault. They're never going to know. The other thing is the cheater's game of, uh, of Monopoly. I guarantee you there's a way to cheat in the cheater's game of Monopoly. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. If you get but- caught cheating, you get handcuffed or whatever. But you're allowed to cheat. Yeah. But that's what it is. Tell us, do you take it easy on your kids? Do you take it easy when playing other people that you know you're going to stomp, stomp a mud hole through? Let us know. Let, you, let us know your feelings. RVK, get at us. Rack me, boys! Big shout to Shrinkables! Shrinkables. Supporting the RVK partnership since day one. If your metro don't trust you, I'm going to show you. Beautiful morning. On to segment number two with the Raspy Voice Kids. It's Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, with... Jeremy, J.N. Phoenix in the building, the booth, ready to go. And it's all the way to Thursday. You've had plenty of time to digest what happened in the football game. The first game of the year for the West Virginia Mountaineers playing Eastern Kentucky, the Colonels. Jeremy, what did you think? I think the number one thing is, like I said before, don't overreact. You know, I believe uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers said, relax. Yeah. Excuse me. He said, relax. So for us, it's kind of a flip side. We could be super high on the fact we ran for over 300 yards and controlled the ball and held them under. I believe we held them under 300 yards uh, uh, total offense, right? I'm pretty sure it was something like that. Either way, we played pretty well on defense. We we looked pretty good on offense. But the truth is, it's EKU. Like, what did you expect to see? Marshall blew them out in the same fashion, maybe even worse. Now, I think we took the pedal off the gas, or a foot off the pedal um, earlier than Marshall did. But yeah, there's Way things that earlier. I was. <clears throat> I feel like we were. Uh, there's things that I saw in that game that were very encouraging, and then there's some things that made me step back, say, "Hmm, I wonder what we're going to look like against Oklahoma State." Like, all right. So, so for instance, let's talk about the good. Obviously, the offensive line protected the quarterback, kept our quarterback up uh, standing. Uh, Deggy was under no pressure. The receivers uh, look good running their routes. I still have a little issue with us dropping passes. Once again, third year in a row, dropsies. I wonder. I don't know how many officially uh, recorded drops there were. There were too much for too many for my liking. Now I understand we had a COVID year. Uh, we're in the COVID year. I understand there was a lot less practices. But based off the last two years, I still have a bit of my a taste in my mouth with great players not catching the rock. So that's one thing I want to see showing up. I like Deggy, man. I feel he's very, very solid. I like his progression. Um, I like our receivers. We're deep. We're explosive. Our offensive line, you can't take your hat off enough to them. The offensive line um, blocked, uh, protected. They did everything, you know, pretty, pretty well. And uh, that definitely that definitely was very encouraging. I also think about uh, Jackson N- N- Nipper. I'm going to say Nipper. I-, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. The fullback, unheralded, number 43, if you watched him. O'Laughlin wasn't in that tight end. TJ Banks wasn't in that tight end. I don't know if that helped his playing time. All I do know is every big run was set up with an early pop from the fullback who just stuck his nose in there and got after it. And then you think about the two running backs. Letty Brown, I felt like ran with a different edge. 
I know he's always ran passionate, but this one, it felt like there was a different chip on his shoulder when he was running. Sinkfield looked more explosive. Um, so offensively, man, there was a lot of things going that I feel confident on. Am I going to say they're stellar A+. plus? No. Do I feel like we're going to have a strong offense, a solid, a very, very solid offense? I believe so. And I was encouraged with some of the things I've seen on offense. I agree, especially when you look at what Sam Brown did as a true freshman coming in, starting in over Sam James. Neil Brown said he was making a point about practice, and he made that point because Sam Brown went out and made some difficult catches, and Sam James had to been looking on like, what's going on? Now, when Sam James got in the game, he balled. He had the touchdown pass where he was wide open. He was even more open than he, if, if the pass was on time because, in my opinion, Deggy short, uh, was a little short on the pass. But if the pass was on time, he, he wouldn't even been touched in the end zone. Um, I'm excited about the receiving core, but I was before the season started. I'm with you, though, on the drops. Bryce Ford Wheaton had an important drop. Um, it didn't end up mattering, but I don't like seeing it. I think it gets into players' heads, too. Yep. I guess Oklahoma State, excuse me, Oki Light, we're going to need it. On the defensive side of the ball, man, we've seen people flying all over. I felt very solid about our secondary. Tony Fields, I mean, I saw one report where it talked about Neil Brown saying he's an NFLer. I'm not sure if that's official or not. What I do know is they say he's one of the fastest linebackers that we have. That athleticism, I think he had nine or ten tackles. uh, Just making plays out there. Vendarius Cohen. Maybe he didn't light up the stat sheet, but dude only played 26 snaps. And he had a say. sack and four tackles. Um, I like that. There's a lot of things I liked. What I didn't like is I know we didn't give up 100 yards rushing. But I didn't know how cohesive I felt the defensive line was. We went on and on about the Stills brothers and Jeff Poo- Jeffrey Pooler and, you know, Mesador, which Mesador got a sack. Uh, big ups to him. And um, a lot of people, other people on the defensive line, and yet it just didn't feel like a dominating performance. It felt like we gave up some good-sized runs. I understand. You're not going to shut them down all game. But it left me concerned. Why am I concerned? Because we're playing Chuba Hubbard next week or, or two weeks from now. Chuba Hubbard, the best running back in the country from Oklahoma State. It really made me take a step back and think, I wonder what we got. And I kept reminding myself, no overreaction Monday. Don't overreact too good. Don't overreact too bad. I understand there's going to be a different hunger against Eastern Kentucky than there is against Oki Light. But if we're talking about things that were, you know, cause for concern, that's one of the things. I don't know if concern is the right word, but I definitely like just just noticed it. I noticed it too, but I'm not concerned about it. I think a lot of it had to do with scheme. A lot of it had to do with what we were what we were doing and why we were doing it. Um, I believe we blitzed 19 times. I'm curious if that number will go up against Oklahoma State. Um, I'm curious also what's considered a blitz. Like, does that count? Well, anyway, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm happy with the team, but I'm not head over heels. Like, I'm not. I'm not thinking that we're going to win the Big 12. What I'm scared not- you the most? What scares you the most? The lack of pass rush, I think. I think we came away with four sacks, but let's be tr- let's be real. Um, one of those sacks came against 
with, with our first teamers in there. Yeah, I I wanted to see us in their backfield, and I thought we would see them in their backfield all day long, every snap. The thing that got Kentucky's not good at all. They're <laughs> so not a good football team. Not, people are like, well, we played FCS teams last year, struggled. James Madison is on a different, completely yeah. different play Preach. than than uh, Eastern Kentucky. James Madison is a national champion contender. They beat Every year. FBS teams. James Madison is not Eastern Kentucky. It's a completely different th- team. And That's the truth. And to see now, granted, we gave up four point two yards per play. I believe. We averaged seven point three yards per play. Um, I believe if I'm, I think I'm saying that right, but I, I, I don't know. I just didn't feel like now granted it's hard to say too, because that was a first play. That was the first like time getting to play first game. You're always going to be a little bit rusty. And a lot of our starters sat by the second half. Jared Deggy came out of the game. Second half. Austin Kendall played as a backup. I'll tell you right now. I was not happy with Austin Kendall at all. Yeah, man. Austin yeah, Kendall looked I, tentative. Austin Kendall, Ken, Kendall looked like Austin Kendall. Austin for, Kendall for, for, looked like Austin Kendall, and I and I was not happy with what he did. And to watch Garrett Green come in, I'm not telling you Garrett Green can do everything Austin Kendall can do because of, he's only been in the offense um, since fall camp, essentially, right? But do you remember what happened? When we played Baylor two years ago and hurt their starting quarterback in Waco. Yeah, backup came up and sliced and diced. He sliced and diced because we were not prepared for it at all. He was had a completely different skill set. And I feel like Garrett Green is that kind of backup. And I would prefer to have him as the second, uh, the number two QB2, as they say. I would prefer that. What about you? You know what? The biggest thing for me, first of all, Green is going to be a star. Everybody's saying it. Like, we're not the first people. We're not the, you know, the people that – or breaking news. Everybody knows it. Everybody watch the game. Look right at Green. Look the way he throws. Look his looks at his uh, look at his um, composure. Dude's gonna be a star. No, absolutely, dude is fast too. He's gonna be a star. But the bigger thing that I had a concern with, the biggest thing all game that I had a concern with, is the special doggone teams. Special teams was oh, terrible. Yeah. Yeah, Spe- you're right, special you're teams right. was putrid. I'm sorry, I'm not even sugarcoating it. Terrible, missed an easy field goal, had a, a fair catch interference, uh, a catch interference call, yeah. had a kick taken to the house uh, that was called back for holding. Maybe that sparked a touchdown. Maybe it didn't. All I know is it went back to the house. Yeah. We had a muff punt. Our special teams, other than punting, because punting we had I think two punts and over 50 yard average. Tyler Sumter did his thing. Tyler Sumter averaged 55 yards, I believe, on the punts. There you go. Dude did his, did his thing punting. Other than that, atrocious. If you're going to win games in the Big 12, which are a lot about field position, a lot about finishing drives, a lot about not giving up uh, certain opportunities, you're going to have to be way better on special teams. And, and what I saw Saturday will not cut it. That kind of stuff will lose a close game for you fast. Yep. So, I don't know, man. Uh, I like winning solidly. I like winning a big game. Or, sorry, 
<laughs> I like winning big in games. I was I was wondering what you was talking about, but go ahead. While leaving plenty of room for improvement, because I think it keeps the players' attention. If you go out and you win big and you're basically flawless, it's hard to keep them humble and help them to understand that they're not that good. When you have the kind of flaws that we're discussing, a team can say, and I've said this before on the show, a coach can keep your attention. You know, Jamal Adai can say, we did XYZ wrong, and we've got to improve XYZ if we're going to beat Oklahoma State. Um, I I feel the same way with Jordan Leslie being able to say to that defensive line, if we're going to be win, if we're going to win, if you're going to get the accolades, these are the things that we're going to have to do. We can't have performances like we had on this past Saturday. Um, so part of me likes it, even though I don't like seeing it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. All right, let's get let's get to it, baby. Jordan, hit the music. All right, so we're getting to our players of the game. Actually, I, I you know what? I said that wrong because you know what? We are calling it Show Me What You Got. Who you got for your Show Me What You Got award, Brandon, for this week? Week one, West Virginia, EKU. Who, who, who showed you what he got? Letty Brown, 123 yards rushing against first teamers. One out, did his thing into the end zone for the first score of the year. Letty Brown showed me what he had. He showed me what he got. Yes, sir. For me, I could go with Letty. I could go with Alex Sinkfield. I could go with Tory Field, uh, Fields, who had 10 tackles. I could go with offensive line, who ran for over 300, who helped uh, our running backs run for over 300 yards. But for me, it's going to the Beaver Creek kid, Jackson Nipper. That's right, the fullback, number 43. I'm giving it to him. Do I have stats to show you? No, because fullbacks don't get no stats. But if you watch, go rewatch the game. My dude was in there. He stepped up when we needed him. He was a big blocker. Like I said, when O'Laughlin and Banks weren't playing, one of the they were two of the 11 players that weren't playing. He stepped up, and you know what he did? He grinded out. Big shout-outs to your boy. Big shout-outs to the Beaver Creek alum. Big shout-outs to our fullback. Let's go. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. (laughs) It's time to let us know what you think when you give us your replies on Twitter, on social media of any platform. Let us know who you got, who showed you what they had uh, for this past week. Uh, What do you want to talk about now, Jay? All right, we're going to just wrap this up with a little bit of pro talk, man. We know that college football wasn't the only thing to play. We know we had some NBA. We know we had some NFL. I first want to start talking about Killer Cam Newton up there in New England. And I also want to say I'm tired of, as Keyshawn Johnson said, people moving the goalpost. So I seen Big Ben win a day after. And everybody was talking about Big Ben. Look how spectacularly he looked. He scored so many points. You know, he threw for three touchdowns. He threw for 200 and some yards. And they were just praising him. Cam Newton does the same thing. And they say, all I heard was, he can't sustain this. He can't keep running. Jim Newton threw for 155 yards and ran for 75. And missed for, like, I don't think uh, four or five passes all game. But I'm not sitting here saying I'm a Patriots fan. can't sustain running the ball 15 times a game. I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying give your hats off for him having zero weapons 
and New England building, you know, following a game plan and winning a game that last year, I'm sorry, if Tom Brady was there, I don't know if they'd have won. Because when you have no weapons, your legs become the biggest weapon, and that's what it was in the game. So that's one thing I wanted to say. Aaron Rodgers also looking bounced back, uh, looked way better than what I thought. Um, I I don't say I'm shocked because he does it all the time, but I did think he took a step back, and he was like, nah, let me make sure you guys know that my team made a terrible draft choice. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Aaron. The Chiefs look like the Chiefs. The Pittsburgh uh, uh, picking back up with Big Ben again. I can't stand Big Ben for so many different reasons. But they look good. So, I mean, it was just good to have football back. You know, Saturday, full of college football. Sunday, full of NFL. Yeah, no, it's nothing. there's nothing better than Red Zone Channel. Sorry, nothing better than Sunday Ticket. I don't know how I live without it. but Sunday Ticket is great. Red Zone's better. Sorry. Yeah. You don't even have to pick up the controller. They, they switch around to everything you're missing, you know? Yeah, it's fantastic. Just chill on the couch, soaking it all in. Missed it. I really missed it. I'm glad it's back. And uh, I can't wait for more of it this weekend. Let's get to the NBA real quick. Last night, this being um, Wednesday, so it was Tuesday night, we had the big block from, was that Baju? How do you say his name? Uh, the dude from the Heat. Bam, out of Bayou. Yeah, out of Bayou. Big, humongous block to win game one. Uh, I thought it was an amazing way to finish the game. His hand was pretty much in the rim. He blocked the Celtics player. Um, can't forget. What was his name? Light-skinned. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. Amazing block. It's going to be a great series. But the main reason why I want to bring up the NBA Jimmy is not because but- everybody – Jimmy Butler was clutch down the stretch too. Yeah, man. He needed, he needed to be clutch getting his hair cut, okay? Yeah. They got barbers in the bubble, okay, Jimmy? I don't know what look you're going for, but brother, just just shape it up a little bit. That's all I'm asking. If I see you in the NBA Finals without <laughs> cutting your hair, I don't have something to say. I'm going to be for real. He's not going to cut his hair. Here's the thing, though. The real reason why we're bringing up the NBA is because I cannot believe the Clippers lost. I cannot. Everybody wants to talk Kawhi's better than LeBron. They want to go on and on and on. And my problem is I don't dislike Kawhi. I like Kawhi. The reason why I was hating against Kawhi, I wasn't even hating. Yeah, I guess it is. Hating against Kawhi is because the same thing, when they tried to knight LeBron over Kobe too early, it made me buck back and say, chill. Kobe's still the greatest. LeBron will be maybe here in a few years, but Kobe's still the greatest. So I'm kind of rooting against LeBron because you guys are trying to knight him too early. Same thing with Kawhi. Kawhi won a championship last year, was an MVP, but they're trying to knight him as the best player in the world, and it's still it's LeBron's world. It's still LeBron's world, and you're trying to crown him too early. So that's the only reason I was happy that L- the Clippers went down. They were up 3-1. to one. They were up the last three games at least 15 points each game, and blew it. Choked. Playoff P. Paul George, once again, shows shows that he doesn't have the uh, fortitude to play clutch situations. And, man. Intestinal fortitude. Get it. Get it. Playoff P, nothing. Kawhi Leonard, not enough. They combined for 24 points, somebody said, in honor of Kobe. The nerve, the audacity, but it was really a tragedy. Jeremy, Doc Rivers needs to go, in my opinion. And Doc Rivers, there ain't nobody who loves making excuses more than Doc Rivers. Always somebody else's fault. Always not his fault. 
This is the third time in his career where he's been up three to one and lost. Put that in perspective. In the history of NBA basketball, there's only been 11 teams up three to one, and three of those belong to Doc. That's right, Doc Rivers. I'm not saying he's not a great coach. I don't think he's elite. I think he can get you there, but he can't take that next step to win it. He won one time. He had one Mac Brown moment where he had the perfect team, KG, Paul Pierce, Rondo, and Ray Allen, which for me it felt more of a player-led team who were able to compel themselves to a win. Him by himself, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Doc, You're never man. overachieving. You're never looking at his team, seeing him overachieve. All you ever see him do is what is expected or less. And I just – I think it's time for him to go. He's been there too long. I don't think By they're going to fire him, though. Are you ready to start having this debate, real debate, LeBron or Jordan? Because when LeBron wins a championship this year, gets MVP, and has been MVP on three different teams for three championship teams on three different organizations with three different coaches, with three different coaching staffs, with three different uh, role players – or, or on his team, are are you ready to have this conversation? Granted, I think what he'll only have four rings. He'll only have four out, of, and he's been to the finals eleven times, and he's won with three different coaches and it'll three be, different. I think t- it'll be twelve times if he makes it. Totally different casts. We don't have this kind of conversation today, but if you love Michael Jordan, you better keep on hating on LeBron. No, I'm sorry, Jeremy, but I don't. There's nothing LeBron can do to catch Michael Jordan. Jordan six titles, six MVPs. I don't think there's anything LeBron can do to catch him. If you Um, go, hold up. You went double the time Jordan did. You went two times as many times the championship as Jordan did. You won four so far, and more importantly, Jordan had Phil Jackson, Scottie Pippen for every single one of them. LeBron has showed he brought a championship to Cleveland. He went to Miami and won one. Now he's in LA and doing it again. And he I, wasn't even the favorite. LeBron's I'm on my sorry. Rushmore. Okay. LeBron's my second greatest. Anyway, when like he, I said, we can have this conversation later, later when it happens. And when it happens, there's going to be a big fight. Just if saying. you think so, I just don't think there's – I don't. I think it's over. I think there's no fight. And I think the Dallas Mavericks uh, beating the Heat, the Heatles, I think that to me sealed LeBron's fate. There's Not no me. excuse for losing to Dirk. None. Not me. What about Jordan losing to Orlando? Okay. And Orlando didn't even win. They got mopped up by Houston. But it Don't want to hear. Finals with everything on the line. That's right, because he couldn't make it to the finals. When when <laughs> when do you get penalized for making it farther than somebody else ever? LeBron is about to be there 12 times. They were up, Jeremy. They were up two yeah. games to Brandon, none. Brandon, think about the whole big – Oh, can't do it in the West. Can't do it in the West. Now he's doing it in the West. And don't tell me his team's loaded. Yeah, he has one of the best duos, him and AD. The rest of his the rest of his cast is garbage other than Rondo. He doesn't have a super deep team. That's why everybody was picking the Clippers to win. If they yeah. win this, I'm sorry, real debate time. And what happens if they lose? It's over. <laughs> Even if he goes, because if he goes the next year and wins it, then he'll still have four. And he'll still have all the other accolades you said, doing it three different teams, three different casts, three different coaches, all that stuff. All but, you stuff a, st- but you have but you have an extra loss on your resume. Uh, Jeremy, I'm sorry. Especially He's- to a cheesy Heat or Celtics team. 
No, I'm, I look talking about, I'm talking about Denver. Yeah, no. No, I hear you. I hear you. I'm just saying. And my thing is, um, <clears throat> LeBron's going to end up being the all – if everything keeps going the way it has been, he's going to end up being the all-time scoring leader. He'll be top five in assists, I think maybe third in assists all-time. Um, LeBron's going to have all kinds of numbers and accolades to point to that people will be able to use as a metric to say he's the greatest or that he was the greatest. But for me, he can't be. He just can't be. It's Jordan. Okay. Yeah. Stay stuck in your nostalgia. First girl you ever kissed. That's cool. No big deal. <laughs> no. You know it's not nostalgia for me. LeBron had a chance. He really did. But, you know, coming back from 3-1, that's, that's a big deal. But I just can't see it. I can't do it. Jordan never took any teams that that, that – Jordan's teams were good. The teams that were garbage, Jordan couldn't will them to the finals. LeBron has taken so many – Smush Parker, Brandon. I'm just, Smush Parker was on was, – was, no, that, that's Kobe, that's my Kobe. bad. <laughs> I was about to say, that's Kobe. <laughs> okay, Booby Gibson, same player, okay? Same player, different jersey. <laughs> yeah. Booby Gibson. <laughs> Zoldridis Elgowskis. The most unathletic big man the world has ever seen, other than Sean Bradley. Okay. Anyway, we can we can talk about this later. Yeah. But big things in the NBA. So, anyways, we're, we're ready for uh, we're ready for the next few weeks. We're getting our sports in here. We're fired up. Get at us, RVK. Podcast Network.